Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. It's pretty cool. Pastor can be in Mount Sterling preaching and everything go well here. If you're a guest this morning, welcome. You are not in a normal church. We are abnormal. We are because we believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. We believe that they happen today. We know they've happened today. We've had evidence they've happened today. And the church said, amen. And it just might as well happen to you today as any other day. I was scheduled to preach according to our schedule. We have a schedule Pastor Matt sends out, and he tries to schedule throughout the year to get us all ready. And I was scheduled to preach last week. He texted and said, man, I got a message that I've had for a little while, and I just think it'd be good for the first Sunday of the year. And I said, go for it. And he preached on, I'm trying to remember it myself, the title itself. I remember the message, but he preached on when God declares a new day. When God, you need to listen to that message. It was a message. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes about New Year's resolutions. Because I was going to preach it this last week, but I'm going to preach today. How many of you all have made New Year's resolutions? Okay. I just want you to know I asked people in the 9 o'clock service and the 10 o'clock Sunday school class, and nobody raised their hand. Okay, let's do it again. If you have made New Year's resolutions, lift your hand. Okay. About 10 of us out of about 200. And the reason we don't make New Year's resolutions is because why? We know we're going to break them. Okay. Uh, in addition to Pastor Matt's uh, message on the podcast, uh, listen to last week's adult Sunday school class, even though I taught it. Okay. Because I, talk about, I talked about New Year's resolutions in that class, and the New Year's resolution I talked about was losing weight. I got that same response in the nine o'clock service, just for the record. <laughs> yeah, I got that same response. But I preached on losing weight, and then I preached on gaining weight. And I encourage you to listen to that message. I believe it was a word from the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word today. We just ask you again for your utterance and your anointing. Because, God, I don't want to give a talk. I don't want to give a lecture. I don't want to give a speech. God, I believe this is a word from the throne of God. And I ask you to anoint this mouth. Let it be the pen of a ready writer to bring the gospel to these people. God, we ask you to do it for your glory and the good of your church in Jesus' name. And everybody said, I'm going to talk about a few resolutions. First of all, we all know what we think resolution means. So what I do, I do what anybody would do. Go to the dictionary. Resolution means a firm decision to do or not to do something. A firm decision. A formal expression of opinion. Okay, so keep those two things in mind, a firm decision and a, for, a formal expression of opinion and the quality of being determined. New Year's resolutions. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. One New Year's resolution I want you to make is to stay focused. Stay focused. Now, I asked them in the 9 o'clock service, and nobody had heard about it. Have you guys seen the latest iPhone 13 or 25 or 50 commercial? iPhone 13, where there's two guys sitting in the car? 
Okay, and, and the guy closest at the steering wheel, he's in focus, and the other guy's not in focus, and the guy not in focus, he said, uh, am I in focus or not? And the guy in the steering wheel who was in focus, he, he said, no, they're, they're focusing on the main star of the commercial, me, he said. And he was in focus, and the other guy wasn't, and all of a sudden, the lens changed a little bit, and the driver was not in focus, but the other guy was. And that's what happens sometimes in our lives. We get our focus on Jesus at the start of the year, but then we allow things to come into our life where it, he loses focus and everything else comes into focus. But that scripture says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, what he started, he will finish. My, boy, that, that was for somebody. No matter what the devil tells you, the Lord is gonna finish a work in you. Amen. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was beset before him. And I, I don't understand this to save my life, but can I tell you that the joy that was set before Jesus was you. You were the joy that was set before Jesus. You bring Jesus joy. You bring Jesus joy, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down by the, at the right hand of the throne of God. And the Bible says, looking unto Jesus. Looking means to consider, consider attentively. It means to look on purpose. That means to focus on. And the focus means a point of concentration. Watch this. I, I'm, I'm talking about staying focused on him. Focus is a point of concentration. Whenever you're sitting at your desk concentrating on something, two things happen. You are totally focused on that, and then all of a sudden, the distractions come to keep you unfocused, right? They allow you not to concentrate. Focus means a center of activity, attraction, or attention. And are you ready for this? I'm saying, I'm saying stay focused on him. A condition permitting clear understanding. How many things do we allow to come into our lives and into our minds that makes the focus off of him and on everything else so nothing is clear anymore? Church, we've got to stay focused on Christ. Period. End of sentence. In other words, he's got to be number one. In other words, he's got to be it all. Do you know what he's doing right now? That scripture says that he is sitting on the right hand of the throne of God. What's he doing? The Bible says he's praying for us. If Jesus is praying for me, understand this, what he's praying, the devil cannot even come against. So if Jesus is praying for you and praying that God heals you and praying God delivers you and praying God directs you, know that you're gonna be healed and that you're gonna be delivered and that you're gonna be seeing the right way to go because Jesus is praying for you. In other words... Jesus is focused on you. Jesus is focused on you. You. And can I tell you, if you were the only person in this room, he would be focused on you. If you're the only person that needed salvation through the blood of Christ by him going to the cross, he would have gone, the cross, gone to the cross just for you. I encourage you, make a New Year's resolution. Make a New Year's resolution to make that firm decision, that formal expression. And a formal expression of something is an outward expression. 
Okay? Remember what the scripture says? When you pray, when you pray, when you make a declaration and you do a resolution, you need to express it formally. Okay? In other words, speak it out. I dare you. I dare you. There are sometimes when you pray, the reason you're praying is for two reasons for you to hear yourself praying and for the enemy to hear you pray. Because if the enemy cannot hear you praying, he does not know. He does not know that you're standing against him. So when you pray, say, when you make that resolution to stay focused, you make that firm decision, you make that formal expression, I'm staying focused on Jesus no matter what the enemy brings to me. Amen? Let's go just a little bit further. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, we're going to begin in verse 25. <clears throat> Excuse me. It says, In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. These guys knew what they were doing. They were fishermen. That was their job. That was their career. That's what they had been doing for years. But they were on the sea, which was their workplace. But when they saw somebody walking in the water, they got scared. And the only reason they didn't run is because there wasn't no place to run to. Listen, if I'm out on a boat and I see somebody walking in the water, I'm going somewhere. I don't know about you, but I am going somewhere. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway, at once, right now, Jesus said, he spake them unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Those are the words that you need to allow to ring out in your heart, no matter the situation you're going through right now. Jesus said, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And then what happens? Loudmouth Peter gets up, and he said in verse 28, Lord, if it be thou, bid me, Come unto thee on the water. Hmm. Come unto me, come unto thee on the water. And what did Jesus do? He didn't back up. He didn't call a committee. All he said was come. And when Peter was come, up out of, come down out of the ship, he walked on the water and to go to Jesus. How many know that Peter was focused on Jesus? Now understand this. He was focused on him. That's who Peter was looking to. That's who he was trusting because nothing else mattered at that point until verse 30. Now, how do I know that Peter was totally focused? Verse 30 tells us. But when he saw the wind, when he saw the wind, when he got down on the water and started walking in the water, he was so focused on Jesus, he didn't see what was going on around him. My Lord have mercy, did you get that? When he was focused on Jesus, nothing else going on around him mattered until he took his focus off Jesus. And the verse says, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. Now understand this, that the word boisterous, the word boisterous there means to be aware of. When he got out of the boat, he was not aware of the wind and all that at first because he was so focused. He wasn't aware of his surroundings at first because he was focused. What changed? 
Because verse 30 says, verse 30 says, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. He took his, fo- he took his focus off of Jesus. Can I tell you that the circumstances that you're going through does not give you permission to take your focus off Jesus? That's not in my notes. That's not in my notes. So can I say this with all love and respect in my heart? Stop using your circumstance as an excuse not to focus on Jesus. It's time. It's time that you made that formal expression. It's time that you made that firm decision that you focus on Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In verse 31, it says, And immediately, immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Now, I don't know about you. The Bible says that Peter began to sink, beginning to sink in verse 30. I don't know about you, but this fat boy is just going to drop like a lead balloon when he gets out and walks on the water. So there was still a miracle going on when he began to sink. What about that? Stay focused on Jesus. Let's go to another passage of Scripture. Go to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 20. Verse 20 through 22. And behold, a woman which which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. You got to understand, people were thronging this man because they knew the miracles he could do. They had seen the miracles he could do and they wanted the miracles. So this little frail lady, can I tell you that if a woman is having an issue of blood for 12 years, she is not strong. And the lady said... She is weak in her body, in her spirit, 12 years, mind you, 12 years. But she was so focused on getting her miracle. She was so focused on Jesus that she touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall behold. Stay focused on Jesus, church. Get focused on Jesus. Because when you focus on him, everything else will not matter and it will not seem like a whole big mountain when it's a molehill. Amen? Let's go a little bit further. The Bible says, and Pastor Matt reminded me of this. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, let's go back a, a few pages. Chapter 6, verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of, his God, uh, kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The word there, seek, means to seek to find. In other words, seek to find the kingdom of God. And I'll tell you where you're going to find the kingdom of God. Here, and if you're born again, here. But if you seek him, If you seek to find him, if you focus on him, the Bible says that he will add all of these other things unto you. And I don't know about you. I don't want anybody adding to my life any more than Jesus Christ himself. And the church said, amen. So stay focused on him. Stay focused on him. Another New Year's resolution I'd like for you to consider is to stay committed to him. Stay committed to him. 
Brother Morgan always preached when he was talking about commitment. And let me, let me read you the scripture first. Psalm chapter 37, verses one through five. Watch this. Why, Lord, is everybody else doing good and I'm not doing so good? I live for you. I pay my tithe. I give my offerings. I give to the house fire. I give to Kenya. I give to Africa. I give to CC's closet. I give to Goodwill. But Lord, it doesn't seem like I'm doing very good. Why is that? Keep your focus on Jesus. Because the scripture says, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Be, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. You're not getting your desires that you want or you're delighting in the Lord. Or you're delighting in everything else. I mean, it's, it's just word. It's just the truth. Verse 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. Now understand this. If there are things going on in your life. That other people determine what happens in certain areas. You can't help what they do. But you keep your focus on Jesus. You keep your commitment to Jesus. Brother Morgan always told us that, uh, they tell us that when a, an airplane gets ready to take off, and man, aren't you glad you're not flying this holiday season with all the cancellations? But they, they say that when the uh, pilot and the co-pilot, they're ready to take off, that they, they get to a point to where they rev up the motors. And my favorite part of, of flying is taking off and landing. That's my favorite part. The first time I got on an airplane, I got saved twice. <laughs> I am not kidding. Because I got on that airplane, and it was going up, and it turned this way, and I saw the ground. Yeah, I gave my life to Jesus. I wanted to make sure. <laughs> but my favorite part is, is taking off. Man, when they go down that runway, and you just, you know, there's no police officers to give you a ticket, you know? <laughs> and then when you land, it's a little bit bumpier. But there comes a point when those pilots, they have to say before they thrust all the way up, I am committed because they have to make that decision. I'm committed to get this plane off the ground or else it's going to crash. You need to look at your Christian life like that. Are you so committed to him that you're going to make it or you're going to crash? Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm going to make it. Anybody else? Hallelujah. We've got to make it. And let me tell you something. I, I, I love you. You know that. But if you don't make it, you cannot blame the enemy. You cannot blame your husband or your wife or the in-laws, the outlaws, or anybody else. Because the Bible says, Jesus said he'd never leave me and he'd never forsake me. And you know what? I believe that. No matter what I go through, he's not going to leave me. No matter what I go through, can I tell you that if I commit myself to him, do you know what he does? He commits himself to me. He commits himself to me. And can I tell you, that's not a fair trade for him. Because when he commits himself to me, I have all of the resources heaven has to offer at my disposal. That's something we need to understand. You have the resources of heaven at your disposal. 
The question is, what are you going to do with them? The question is, are you going to walk in victory? The question is, are you going to walk in faith? We walk by faith, not by... So what are you looking at right now? What's got your focus? What's got your commitment? See, if it's anything or anybody besides Jesus Christ, you're out of focus. And you're not committed like you need to be. Well, who are you judging? I'm not judging you because you know you better than than I know you. But you've got to be committed. You've got to stay focused on him. Now, the word commitment means to bind or obligate. And that's what the dictionary says. The dictionary says, commit the way unto the Lord. The Bible says, commit thy way unto the Lord. The word in the dictionary means to bind or obligate thy way unto the Lord. And the original meaning in scripture means to roll together. In other words, my purpose in my life and Jesus' purpose for my life have got to come together and we roll together. The problem is, is when my purpose doesn't line up with his purpose. How do I find out what his purpose is? That's the reason you read and pray. That's the reason you have that communication. I'm talking about staying committed to him. Now, what am I going to be committed to? You're going to be committed to Christ, but you're also going to be committed to the cause of Christ. What's the cause of Christ? Very simply, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. If what you've asked for has not come to pass yet, hang on. Hang on. Well, it's not come to pass yet. What do I do? Wait for it tomorrow. What if it don't come tomorrow? Wait for it the next day. The Bible says when you've done all to do, what? Stand. What do you stand in? The last orders you've been given. Amen. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That, my friend, is the cause of Christ. Leading people to Jesus. Can I tell you that there's no greater excitement, and I'm talking spiritually speaking, no greater joy, no greater, if I can use this word, satisfaction for a pastor or a preacher than for someone to come to Jesus. Or for us to see the light go off in your mind when it does, when the word is illuminated to you by the Holy Spirit. The cause of Christ is that all men would come to repentance. So commit yourself to the cause of Christ. Commit yourself. I dare you, commit yourself to winning one person to Jesus this year. Really? That's not a whole lot, just one person? Yeah, because if you lead one person to Jesus... You're going to get so excited, you're going to want to lead somebody else to Jesus, and you're going to want to continue to lead somebody else to Jesus. And then what will happen is it'll start taking a fire effect, and it'll catch fire, and people around you want to see people come to Jesus. Understand this. This is a real gospel, and this is the thing that we need to be committed to, is seeing people come to Jesus. So stay focused. Stay committed to him. Stay committed to the cause of leading people to Jesus. Are you ready for this one? Commit to grow in Christ. How do you grow in Christ? Very simply, 2 Peter 2.15, study. Everybody say study. study. How many love that word? I don't think very many. Mark does. 
as Claude does. Let's just praise Claude and Mark. I'm just kidding. But yeah, yeah. Why do you study? Because when you study, you find out things you didn't know. The Bible says, study to show shew thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study. Uh, let me take a drink before I tell you what this means. Excuse me. Study to shew thyself approved unto God. It means make an effort. Let me, let me give it to you in, in Mike Smith terms. Stop being lazy when it comes to the word of God. How many times have we turned that remote on when the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, let's get along with me, but we don't listen. Study to shew thyself approved means make an effort. It means be diligent. It means to labor. And it means to be prompt. Be prompt. Be prompt at what? When you're meeting with the Lord, don't be late. That'll preach. When you're meeting with the Lord, don't be late. Commit yourself to growing in Christ. Two more. Commit to stay alert. What's that mean? Very simply. Lest Satan, 2 Corinthians 2, 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And that word device means purpose. You see, we're not ignorant of the device the devil uses because he's used the same devices for hundreds and thousands of years. Why has he done that? He cannot create anything new. For what they went back through in Bible days, we're going through today. Really? Yes, because he cannot create anything new. What's his purpose? What's, what's the enemy's purpose for you? Steal, kill, and to destroy. Now, the devil knows he can't kill me. He's tried. God knows he's tried. There's been three different times in my life that had the Lord not had his hand on me, I would not have children or grandchildren or a wife or anything. I'd be dead, okay? He's tried to steal me. He knows he can't do that, but he will try to destroy me. And understand this. The Bible says that if you commit yourself to God, he'll commit himself to you and you can defeat the devil. Now I want to go back to the one thing I challenged you to do leading one person to Jesus. The Bible says in Acts chapter, 30, chapter 8, verse 34 through 37, and the eunuch answered Peter and said, I pray thee of whom speak the prophet this, of himself or of some other man. Then Peter opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they come into a certain water. Stand with me, would you please? They came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See here, water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? Listen closely. And Philip said, If thou believest, Christians, start praying right now, because I, I sense the Holy Spirit moving right now. P Philip answered and said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is 
the Son of God. Bow your heads and close your eyes just a moment, would you please? And if you're in this sanctuary, this house of God, and you do not know Jesus, I want to encourage you to give your life to him this morning. You've tried everything else. Hallelujah. And it doesn't work. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It brings joy for a bit. It brings excitement for a bit. But then it leaves you empty. It leaves you empty. Or if you're here and you once knew Jesus, but you've allowed everything else to become your focus, for you to become committed to, for you to give your time and attention to, and you want to refocus on Jesus Christ. If you've never been saved or you've once been saved, but you're not, and you want to be saved, would you lift your hand, please? Mercy. Please don't put it off. Please don't put it off. I'm, I'm not going to embarrass you. If you want to come down front, fine. If you don't, that's fine. We can lead you to Jesus right from where you're standing. But if you do not know Jesus and you want to be saved, and that's you, lift your hand, would you? Anybody? Anybody at all? What about you that you've realized through the word of God today that you need to focus on Jesus and commit or recommit to him? Would you lift your hand? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? You need to refocus on Christ. You need to recommit to him. Anybody else? You want to join that, that course? <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. God, we ask you that should there be anybody under the sound of my voice, man, your heart's beating out of your chest and you just really want to make a move, I encourage you to make that move. Nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to make fun of you. As a matter of fact, they'll cheer you as you come on down. I encourage you to do it now. But Father, as they make that decision, as we make that decision to recommit ourselves, to, to focus on you, as a matter of fact, do this. Say, Heavenly Father, everybody, Heavenly Father, I want you to know that I love you. Search me right now. If there's sin in my life, whatever it is, I confess it all. I ask you to forgive me. In Jesus' name, Heavenly Father, I make that commitment to stay focused on you and to stay committed to you. I will not allow the enemy to take my focus and take my commitment off of you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, if you prayed that prayer, would you lift your hand? Okay, take a look around you. Now let's give the Lord a hand of praise for his word and for his fact that he's committed to us. Amen, amen. Thank you, thank you for coming today. Pastor Matt's gonna excuse you. I'm gonna see you at the door. God bless you, amen. Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.